coming up next on Contemplate. I'm asking about real questions, real truth. Is Jesus God? Did he rise from the dead? Can he save you? Those are the questions that you should care about. Not, do some Christians believe this because their parents told them to? Probably. Do some atheists believe what they believe because their parents told them to? Probably. Are some people not really thinking about it at all? Probably. Are some people floating through life? Probably. What does it have to do with what's true? We're in for another powerful lesson today as Pastor David continues to teach about sincere belief and why we believe what we believe. And the bottom line, nothing changes the truth. Here's Pastor David. So, then you got to ask yourself the question in this day and age, so are Christians intolerant? Are Christians intolerant? Well, that depends on what you mean. Christians are actually very tolerant, legally and socially. What I mean by that is, Christians, there's a guy who kind of worked through different types of tolerance, legal tolerance, social tolerance, and intellectual tolerance. Legally and socially, Christians are very tolerant. It means we want the laws to exist so that everybody can believe whatever they want. We think it's important that everyone has the ability to make up their own mind, that everybody gets to say, this is what we believe is true, bring all the ideas in, and then you get to come in, you get to decide what you believe. We think the law should protect you in that. We also socially think that you're made in the image and likeness of God and that Jesus loves you. And so we, we ought to treat you as we would want to be treated, right? And so in social life, if you disagree with us, that's okay with us. We're still going to be nice to you. We're still going to be kind to you. We want to talk with you. We want to listen to you. That's the Christian worldview. It's very tolerant, but it is not intellectually tolerant. Christians do not believe that different ideas that say contradictory things can both be true at the same time. We don't believe that because it's not true. And it doesn't matter how nice it is or how nice it makes you feel or how tolerant it makes you feel, it's just simply not true. And we're not going to live in a fantasy world just to make people happy. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. So we're tolerant. You can believe what you want. We'll protect your legal right to do that. You're tolerant. We're tolerant. You can believe what you want. Socially, I'll hang out with you, even though you believe different things than me, but I will not pretend like we're both equally right about what we think because that's just nonsense, literally nonsense. It makes no sense. And so I don't believe we are intolerant in any way that's important. I think we ought to treat everyone with respect. But I don't believe that just because I respect you that I have to equally believe or equally value every opinion that you have. Okay? No one who's being logical and reasonable can properly believe that conf con conflicting or contradicting ideas can both be true at the same time. And if you go back and you read the story of the church, the beginning of the church in Acts, what you will not find is intolerance. You will not find the church coercing people to believe in the gospel. That may have happened at different times in history, but that was a people thing, not a Bible thing, not a Jesus thing, not a God thing. And you can see that from the very beginning. From the very beginning, we just want to put the ideas out there. We just want to proclaim what we believe is true and give you the opportunity to believe it or not believe it. Weigh the evidence. We're going to lay it out. We're going to lay out the evidence that Jesus is God, that he rose from the dead. You weigh it, you decide. But we're not going to pretend like there are no consequences for untrue belief. 
I'm sorry, I'm not going to pretend because I love you too much. I'm not gonna pretend like there are no consequences for you holding beliefs that are untrue because there are consequences. No matter what those beliefs are, there are always consequences for holding beliefs that are untrue. Now it depends on the particular belief, how serious that consequence is. If you don't believe that that George Washington was a general in the late 1700s, probably the worst thing that's gonna happen to you is you might get a few points off on your US history quiz, right? Not know what a quarter is, I don't know right? I think he's on the dollar bill too. I don't know. Probably nothing that big. Probably not a big deal. However, let's say that you believe there's no such thing as gravity. That's going to have a little bit bigger consequences the first time you try to float. (laughs) Right? If you believe there's no such thing as right or wrong, that's going to have pretty big consequences as you harm yourself constantly and harm other people constantly in living your life. And if you believe that you can get to heaven or nirvana or the next thing or whatever by yourself on your own merit because of the good things that you do and that there's not going to be any judgment after death, that can have eternal consequences, the most serious kind. That's why we're so serious about this. Listen, it doesn't matter what feels good to you. It matters what's true. It doesn't matter whether you sincerely believe something. It matters if what you believe is true. That's what matters. Because we love you. We want you to know the truth. We want your sincere beliefs to be true beliefs so that you can know the love and grace and forgiveness and truth of Jesus Christ. That's what we want. As Americans, as people, we love options, right? That's how this whole thing comes about. This whole, like, every, every way gets you there. We love options. The Golden Corral, the Golden Corral Buffet, Opened up in Vancouver recently, okay? We've had, I lived in Tennessee and Virginia. They had golden crowds there, so not that big of a deal to me. But here it was kind of like, woo! We like our options, right? We want to buffet religion. That's what we want to do. Little chocolate fountain over here. Little whatever potatoes over here. And then let's put that cheese stuff. You know what I'm talking about, all over the whole thing. Am I the only one who does that? All right, fine. That's what we want, right? We can't, we can't deal with the difficulty and the exclusiveness of Christianity is the truth. And so we kind of buffet our way to religion because we like options. We want to make our own gods, our own little religion, right? A little Christianity here, a little Eastern spirituality over there, maybe a little hot yoga. They got those comfortable pants, right? You know what I'm saying? Some health and wealth, self-help books, a little discovery channel. Boom, I've got a religion. Makes me feel great. I can live with this. We don't want to believe that we live in a world where there's nothing bigger than ourselves. We want to believe that, that there's a God and so on and so forth, but we don't want to deal with the duty that comes with that, right? We want to buffet our way to a religion, one with a higher power but no obligation. That's what we want, right? C.S. Lewis called this kind of uh, religion, creative evolution, or life force religion. This is, what this is one thing that he says. One reason why many people find creative evolution so attractive is that it gives one much of the emotional comfort of believing in God and none of the less pleasant consequences. When you are feeling fit and the sun is shining, and you do not want to believe that the whole universe is a mere mechanical dance of atoms, it is nice to be able to think of this great mysterious force rolling on through the centuries and carrying you on its crest. If, on the other hand, you want to do something rather shabby, the life force, being only a blind force with no morals and no mind, will never interfere with you like that troublesome God we learned about when we were children. 
The life force is a sort of tame God. You can switch it on when you want, but it will not bother you. All the thrills of religion and none of the cost. Is the life force the greatest achievement of wishful thinking the world has yet seen? Listen, we have to think it through. We cannot ignore our duty to be serious about seeking truth. Sincerely held beliefs that are untrue, sincerely held beliefs that are untrue will not cut it. They just won't cut it. A lot of people say, I just want to be a sincere person that tries to be a good person, quote unquote, right? I just want to be, I'm just trying to be a good person when it's convenient, right? That's not going to get you to the truth. Only Jesus Christ will. And that fact is not any more intolerant than any other fact. And it's true. And it's true. What about the second question we talked about? Isn't Christianity just a psychological crutch? Isn't it just a psychological crutch? So here's what Sigmund Freud said about religious ideas. Religious ideas, which are given out as teachings, are not precipitates of experience or end results thinking. I don't know if he talked like this. I'm doing my best, okay? They are illusions. Ah, he's German, I think, so... I'm, I don't have a German accent. Um, fulfillments of the oldest, strongest, and most urgent wishes of mankind. They're wish fulfillments. The secret of their strength lies in the strength of those wishes. As we already know, the terrifying impression of helplessness in childhood aroused the need for protection, for protection through love, which was provided by the Father. And the recognition that this helplessness lasts throughout life made it necessary to cling to the existence of a father, but this time a more powerful one. Thus, the benevolent rule of a divine providence allays our fear of the dangers of life. The establishment of a moral world order ensures the fulfillment of the demands of justice, which have so often remained unfulfilled in human civilization, and the prolongation of early of earthly existence in a future life provides the local and temporal framework in which these wish fulfillments shall take place. Basically, Sigmund Freud thinks that if you believe in God, you do so because you were psychologically predisposed to believe in God. Because you need a psychological crutch to deal with the difficulties of this world. You believe in God as a wish fulfillment. That's what he says. Now, is this true? Always the first question we need to ask around here. Is it true what he says? Well, I don't know. What about Hinduism or Buddhism or atheism like Freud are there psychological reasons for everything we believe it would seem that he thinks so then if so should we trust anything that we believe I wonder if Freud thought that atheism had the same problem that it was some sort of psychological wish fulfillment I mean what wish fulfillment itch does atheism scratch well let's look at it Thomas Nagel an atheist philosopher I think he taught at NYU for years says this, I want atheism to be true. And I'm made uneasy by the fact that some of the most intelligent and well-informed people I know are religious believers. It isn't just that I don't believe in God and naturally hope that I'm right in my belief. It's that I hope that there is no God. I don't want there to be a God. I don't want the universe to be like that. At least he's honest. If we want to crutch... If we want wish fulfillment, why not simply just believe that everything we do is okay? That would be more of a wish fulfillment, it seems like. What kind of a crutch is it to follow Christ in China 
or Iran or Iraq or Afghanistan or North Korea? What kind of a, how is it helping you out to follow Christ and have a death sentence? Seems like a pretty bad crutch. Why can't we just believe what the new spirituality people believe or what the atheists believe, that there is no right or wrong? We can do whatever we want. Why wouldn't that be more of a crutch? Why wouldn't that help allay my fears better? If we really want to wish fulfillment, why Jesus? Why would these first century Jews make up a suffering servant Christ instead of a Roman conquering, butt-kicking Messiah? If they were fulfilling wishes, let's be honest, which one did they need more at that time? The one where he's a suffering servant and then we suffer and are persecuted by, as we follow him and then we get to die. Or let's make up one where he comes and kicks all the Romans' butts and we're rich. Not a tough thing to figure out which one is a wish fulfillment. Jesus Christ does not say, take up your crutch. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Luke 9.23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That means die daily to yourself. That doesn't sound much like a crutch to me. People don't believe in Jesus Christ primarily because he makes them feel good. People believe in Jesus Christ because he is the truth. Belief in unicorns makes me feel good. It does. Doesn't make you feel good? Just think about a unicorn. Tell me you don't feel good. Okay? But I don't believe in unicorns. You know why? Because the evidence isn't there. Unfortunately, because it doesn't make me feel good to think about them. But Jesus Christ, when I think about Jesus Christ, I do believe because the evidence is there. Right? There are all kinds of things that could make me feel good to believe them. But I don't just believe them because it would make me feel good. I believe things that are true because the evidence says that they're true. Okay? If I wanted to make up a wish fulfillment religion, I would not make one up that said I was, had a wicked heart and needed salvation. I would not make one up that said that it was exclusive, that only those who follow Jesus Christ would go to heaven because I want to be popular. I'd rather just everybody liked me. And so I'd say, oh no, whatever you believe, it's all cool. I'd rather have that. If I'm fulfilling wishes, why wouldn't I want all sin to be okay, or at least all my sin to be okay, right? That's what wish fulfillment looks like. My crutch, apparently, my crutch, quote unquote, is that I'm supposed to be everyone's servant, that I'm supposed to be willing to die for my friends, for my wife, for my family, that I should expect persecution. That's not a crutch. That's a life of following Christ. It is false ideas and perversions of the Bible that smell like wish fulfillment, not true biblical Christianity. Belief in Jesus Christ means that we believe that all people are made in God's image and his likeness and that we should love our neighbor as ourself. I want to love my own self. That's what I want. So if I was fulfilling wishes, I wouldn't have a wish that said I had to treat everyone, love them like myself. I'm sorry, I just wouldn't. No offense. Why would I create a crutch like following Jesus? Why choose a difficult? Why give our time? Why give our money? Why give our energy? Why wouldn't I just say, listen, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to believe I'm smarter than everybody. I'm just going to believe that, uh, you know, I, I can do whatever I want and that basically everything's okay and that there's no one really watching out and there's nothing that I have to do and I don't have to give any money and whatever. Why wouldn't I just believe that? Why wouldn't I believe that if I want to fulfill my wishes? <laughs> Wish fulfillment? Come on. We're not even smart enough. We're not even smart enough to fulfill our wishes with the truth of Scripture. It is way 
more complicated and amazing than we could have ever come up with as some sort of wish fulfillment. But for the atheist, who's their God? Who's the God of the atheist? Is it not himself or herself? When they deny God and that there is no God, that means they answer to no one except who? Himself, herself. Now, if something sounds like wish fulfillment, that sounds like wish fulfillment. But be careful what you wish for, because in my experience, y'all make terrible gods. But here's the deal. I'm actually not saying that. I'm not saying the atheists believe that because it's wish fulfillment. I don't believe that. I also don't believe, you know, that I, I don't think that Freud believed what Freud believed because he was psychologically driven to believe it. I don't believe that atheists believe what they believe because of wish fulfillment, but I also don't believe Christians believe what they believe because of wish fulfillment. And if they do, you know, they'll say, oh, it's your culture. You grew up in this Christian culture, so that's why you believe what you believe, right? It's wish fulfillment, it's psychological, it's your culture, it's all these things. Of course, they all apply equally to everyone, whether you're a Christian, whether you're an atheist, because now our culture is becoming more and more and more atheist. So do people only believe in atheism because that's now the culture? If you're young, that's the culture, right? No. Or because your parents told you to? Look, my parents told me not to take wooden nickels. They told me that two plus two equaled four, and they were right about that. So just because your parents told you something doesn't mean it's wrong. So if you got Christianity from your parents, doesn't mean that you have to throw it away because it came from your parents. That actually might be a good source for some things. Listen, all of these psychological predisposition, all of this kind of crutch stuff, all of whatever, it applies equally to you if you're an atheist, if you're a Christian, if you're a Buddhist, if you're a Muslim, they all apply. What they really are doing is they're attacking not the actual facts, but the reason that you believe them. And that's just bad logic. It doesn't matter if I believe something for this reason, this reason, or this reason. What matters is, is the thing true? That's what matters. This is all, all of this, all of this is just a way to kind of say, look over here. It's sleight of hand. I'm asking about real questions, real truth. Is Jesus God? Did he rise from the dead? Can he save you? Those are the questions that you should care about. Not, do some Christians believe this because their parents told them to? Probably. Do some atheists believe what they believe because their parents told them to? Probably. Are some people not really thinking about it at all? Probably. Are some people floating through life? Probably. What does it have to do with what's true? We care about what is true. And here's the deal. You know, I'll make it real easy for you. I don't just need a crutch. I need a new body, a new spirit. <laughs> I'm a lot more broken than having a bad foot. I need a lot more than a crutch. And anyone who tells themselves that they don't is lying to themselves. We're broken. We're wicked. We've done wrong. And God has offered us a way out of that. We feel guilty and we're afraid. That's the, that's the state of human beings. That's a fact. And it's wisdom to feel that way. It's wisdom, not wish fulfillment. Here's the thing. We are guilty. We are guilty. We should be afraid unless, unless the gospel. Unless the gospel. That is why the gospel means and is good news. It's good news because we can be innocent, clean, washed, sanctified, justified in Jesus Christ. Because if what he has done for us in dying and rising from the dead and defeating hell and death, we can be saved. That's an amazing thing. Ignoring the fact that you need to be saved is not an amazing thing. That's, no matter how sincerely you try to ignore it, 
An amazing thing is accepting the fact that you need to be saved and recognizing the glorious truth that you can be saved. I don't just need a crutch. I need to be made new. I need to be made new completely. I need a renewed spirit, a renewed mind. I need all of it. I need all of it. That's the truth. But I didn't make up Jesus for that reason. He's the one who found me. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Don't get yourself sideways over the idea that everything can be true. And just believe what you believe sincerely and you're going to be all right. How could God be mad at you for having a sincere belief? Well, he can be mad at you for having a sincere belief because he's giving you a mind that's able to find the true belief. And you refuse to do that because you pick a sincere belief that you just like better. That's sin too. Don't believe that. Don't get locked up in Christianity is a crutch or psychological phenomenon. Every thought is a psychological phenomenon. Okay? That's what a thought is. That has nothing to do with whether it's true or untrue. That's what you should care about. If you're a skeptic, that's what you need to care about. If you're a Christian, that's what you need to hold on to with everything. We serve a mighty God. If you don't know him, if you're a skeptic, if you're working through it, listen, we're here to do that with you, to walk through that with you. We want to see you know Jesus, be made right with him. We want to see you renewed. We want you to see you have what we have. But you got to ask the right questions. And you can't walk through and say, well, I'm being really sincere about this other belief. And so God won't get mad at me. It's got nothing to do with God getting mad at you. You're either right or you're wrong. Time to analyze that. You might find Jesus, which would be pretty amazing. Has been for me. So what do you believe? I hope you've realized that if it's anything other than Jesus, it's simply not true. And if we can help you make that life-changing decision for Christ, or you still have questions about all this, call us at 360-885-9000. Or send us an email. Use info at axchurchnw.org. Or come see us this Sunday morning. Easy directions are just a click away at axchurchnw.org. We'd love to help you find the truth that never changes. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out our next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.